Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Glory to God. We're so glad that you're here. We are going to be studying something that was placed on my heart during my personal Bible study time about the first witnesses to the resurrection. There's there's always something special about being first, you know. First place in baseball, first place in wrestling, first place in sporting events, first place in whatever you want to, you know, marketing, business. You want to be number one. Amen. There's something special that comes with being recognized as number one. Jesus is referred to as the firstborn from the dead. Amen. He's the first one, and he is special. But there's also something that I want to look at today. The first witnesses to the resurrection. Amen. There's something special about being first, and we're going to look at that today. But first, let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer, and then we'll go into today's Bible study. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for our salvation. For you loved us before we loved you. You loved us so much you sent your only begotten son to the cross to suffer pain, torment, punishment, to die in our place. And you honored his sacrifice, his willing obedience even to the point of death to carry out your will. And you honored that by raising him from the dead, where he became the firstborn from the dead. Thank you, Father, for loving us that much. Lord Jesus, I thank you for saving us, for saving me, providing the way of salvation. And right now, I ask for your Holy Spirit to guide our thoughts, our words, our deeds. Reveal yourself to us through the scriptures. Reveal what it is the Holy Spirit wants preached into this earth today. And may you and the Father receive all of the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. 
Join me in our confession of faith as we lay the solid foundation for our Bible study today. Anything built on anything else other than the true foundation of Jesus is like being building a house on shaking stand, sand that just washes away as soon as any type of storm comes. Just repeat these words after me. Ponder them in your heart. Let them come out of your mouth that your own two ears may hear them. And it'll strengthen your spirit to stand firm in the day of adversity. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and of earth. I believe in His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. And the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, where he sits now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, where he's coming again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Shout amen, somebody. Glory to God. Turn with me in your Bible. We're going to look at several scriptures here right off the bat. If you can keep up in your Bible, please do so. If not, write the scriptures down and then study them on your own. Glory to God. The first one is going to be in Matthew chapter 26. We'll be looking at verse 55. Glory to God. 55 to, let's see if I got the right scriptures here. 57, I'm sorry. Verse 57. This is the arrest of Jesus. They're getting ready to, to question him and, and try him in an illegal trial held at night. Verse 57. They laid, hand, or laid hold on Jesus, led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had already been assembled. And Peter followed after him far off to the priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end or to see what was going to happen. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought, sought false witnesses against Jesus to put him to death. They knew they had no basis for his arrest or trial, so they sought false witnesses. Now they had already conspired with Judas for 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus. They'd already entered into an arrangement where they used a known, what they considered a known criminal, to help them arrest another criminal. This was against Jewish law itself, but they still did it. Now they're holding a trial at night in front of Caiaphas. And they sought False witnesses, false testimony, liars. They were bringing forth liars, known liars, 
to put them on the stand, which is also against Jewish law. And they could find no one that would be in agreement. Verse 60, Though many false witnesses came, yet they found none. At last two false witnesses came and said, This fellow says I'm able to destroy the temple of God and build it again in three days. In verse 62, The high priest arose and said to him, Aren't you going to answer anything? What is that which these witness against you? And Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you're the Christ. You tell us right now. I adjure you by the living God. You tell us if you're the Messiah or not. Are you the Son of God? Well, number one, anytime a Jew is adjured in the word in the name of the living God, he is under legal obligation to answer the question. Number two, Jesus knew they had no case against him. He could have remained silent before them, and they would have had no charges at all. But being willing and being obedient to the will of God, even to the point of death, he helps them out in their case. And says in verse 64, that's what you say. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting in the right hand of power, coming again in the clouds of heaven. And the high priest ripped his clothes. Now, according to Leviticus 10.6 and also Leviticus 21.10, the high priest is never supposed to rip his clothes. As a matter of fact, when Aaron's two sons died, Moses commanded Aaron not to rip his clothes lest he dies also. But here, if the high priest rips his clothes, this is outlined in Leviticus, if the high priest rips his clothes, he cannot be high priest anymore. Amen? Here the high priest rips his clothes. Now he is no longer considered the high priest. But he does so anyway. It says, what further need do we have of witnesses? You've heard his blasphemy. What do you think? And they answered, he's guilty of death. Turn with me to Mark chapter 14. Glory to God. Mark chapter 14. We're going to look at the same situation now. We're seeing what another gospel writer says. Verse 55. And the chief priests and all the council sought for witnesses against Jesus to put him to death, but could find none. Many bore false witness, amen, in Deuteronomy 19, verses 15 to 21. It talks about you cannot condemn a man to to death unless it comes out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, amen. But here they are looking for false witnesses. And even the false witnesses' testimony did not agree together. Verse 57, there arose certain that bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say that he'll destroy the temple that's made with hands, and within three days he'll build another made without hands. And even their testimony still did not agree to this point. The high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Aren't you going to answer anything? What is this which these witnesses have against you? Again, he held his peace and answered nothing. Then the high priest asked him and said to him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the blessed God? And Jesus said, I am. 
And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest ripped his clothes again and said, What need do we have of further witnesses? You've heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. What is so inflammatory about what Jesus answered? Well, one, he's claiming to be God. And he is. It's a valid claim. These Jewish scholars, these leaders, these the Sanhedrin Council, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they all know the Scripture. Now, Scripture in this case is not Scripture as we know it. This is the Hebrew canon, the Torah. This is not just the five books of the Bible, this the entire law. Amen. It's not the New Testament like we know it today. There was no New Testament when this happened. The New Testament did not begin until after the death and resurrection of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Spirit by the apostles. Jesus said, after I send the Holy Spirit to you, then... He will bring to your remembrance all things that I said. And that's when they started writing them down, and that's where began the New Testament. Every place that Jesus in the four Gospels is preaching and talks about it is written or is in the Scriptures, he's talking about the Old Testament. Amen? So here, when they ask him, are you the Son of God? Is that who you're claiming to be? He says, I am. He can't lie against it. We see it in Matthew where he was told, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether or not this is true. And he answered, yes, I am. But think about what this next remark is. We've seen it in both instances. And you, I say to you, you will see the Son of Man. Son of man is a unique characterization. It denotes one who inherits the earth. Amen. Adam was given the earth and all that was in it. God gave Adam everything he had created. God did not create Adam on day one and said, now let me fix all this stuff up for you. No, God created all of creation. And then on the sixth day, made man and said, all right, it's perfect. Everything is here. Now it's all yours. And he put it in man's hands and Adam lost it. Jesus is going into battle in the pit of hell against Satan himself. And he is taking back all power and all authority and all the earth. And all the power and all the authority in heaven above, and all power and all authority in earth in beneath the earth. Jesus is becoming king. And when we know that when the Messiah returns, his army is coming with him, that's us. He's saying, You will see the Son of Man return sitting at the right hand of power, and coming in the clouds of heaven. He is talking to them. You'll see it, but you won't be on the right side. You will not be experiencing the power and the authority. Amen? You see where where I'm getting that from? 
Turn over to Luke chapter 22. Glory to God. Verses 63 to 71. Hallelujah. And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him or beat him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and say, Prophesy, who is it that smote you? Many other things blasphemy they spoke against him. And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people, the chief priests and scribes came together and led them into their council and saying, Are you the Messiah? So this is after, okay, first he had his illegal trial at night. They voted to condemn him to death, but it was an illegal trial. Their law says they cannot try a person at night. So they had to hold another trial at the crack of dawn. And they all came together and said, okay, now all night he's been beaten. He's standing before them now, beaten, bloody, bruised. And they said, now, tell us, are you the Messiah? And he said to them, if I tell you, you're still not going to believe me. If I ask you any questions, you won't even answer me, nor are you going to let me go. But hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. And then all of them said, Are you then the Son of God? And he said to them, That's what you say I am. They said, what need do we have of further witnesses? We ourselves have now heard out of his own mouth. And then over verse 23, they condemn him to death and lead him away to Pilate. I'm not going to go through the time to talk about the crucifixion and all the symbolism and everything that that means. I wanted you to see this part so that you could understand the religious leaders of that day uh, were condemning uh, the Jesus without any legal justification at all. Amen? So here we now see Jesus standing condemned for no charges. Even the false witnesses could not get their testimony together. Jesus had to actually help them by saying these statements that he's the Son of God and the Son of Man who will inherit the entire earth. He is the Messiah, and they will see him coming in his glory, but they won't be experiencing it. All right? In Matthew chapter 28 now, let's look at the resurrection. Glory, hallelujah. Matthew chapter 28. Now, the crucifixion's already taken place. Jesus is dead. His body was taken down, given to Joseph of Arimathea. He and Nicodemus prepared spices, brought them, and uh, basically layered Jesus' body with these spices, wrapped the death cloth around him, and the burial shroud, placed him into a grave that no man had ever been laid in before, fulfilling the scripture that his grave would be with the rich, his death would be with the, with the, the thieves, and his burial would be with the, the rich. And now, in Matthew chapter 28, 
we see the resurrection. Verse 1. The end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher, the grave. And there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. For fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. Or dead men. Okay, now what keepers is he talking about? Well, he, uh, the Jews went to Pilate. You can look at this over verse 62. It says, Sir, we remember the deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I'll rise again. Command, therefore, that the grave be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, He's risen from the dead. And then the last day will be worse than the first. And Pilate said to them, You have a watch. Go your way. Make sure it's as sure as you can. There was a group. A watch consists of four soldiers. Some Bible commentators say it could be as many as 12. But basically, a watch would be four soldiers relieved every four hours. So there's a total there of at least 16. They would rotate their shifts so to speak. This watch observed the earthquake. They felt the earthquake. And here we see uh, an earthquake in verse 2. The angel of the Lord descended. So they seen this angel coming down from heaven, rolling back the stone from the door. And then he sat upon it. This is what the guards are seeing. Amen? This is what the Roman soldiers are seeing. And it says they became as dead men. The power and the glory of God fell. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. That's the power of God. Amen? That gives life to the dead. They could not stand in the presence of the power and the glory. They probably see Jesus walk out of that grave. Amen. The Old Testament, we talk about, you know, when Solomon dedicated his temple, the power of God fell that the priest could not stand to minister in the presence of the glory. It says that everyone around that area fell on their face. The power of God knocked them to the ground. Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the, the Romans and the, the high priests and that contingent came to arrest him in the garden. And they said, he said, Jesus asked them, who are you looking for? They said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. He is in italics, by the way, in the King James Bible, which means it was not really part of the original translation. They added it to try and clarify it a little bit. Basically, he said, I am. That's the name of God. And he was so anointed at that point in time that when he said, I am, the power of those words knocked the guards backwards. They all fell to the ground, Scripture says. Amen? When the glory of God fell upon that grave, the presence of God was in the area. These guards are standing. They're not like a hundred yards away watching the grave. They are next to the grave. Their job is to guard that door. 
They felt the earthquake. They seen the angel descend in their presence. They may have even said, hey, who are you? What are you doing? And the angel wouldn't have paid them no never mind. But the angel probably with one hand rolled the stone away. And the glory of God filled that place. And Jesus come walking out. No wonder they fell to the ground as dead men. Amen? Here, he now talks. The angel answered, verse 5, said to the women, Do not fear. I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He's not here. He's risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. Now go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead and that he's going before you into Galilee, and there you'll see him. I have told you so. And they departed quickly from the grave and fear, or with fear and great joy and ran to bring disciples his word. Verse 9, As they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail, or hello! And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid now. Go and tell my brother that they should go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Amen. Now, let's go over to Luke chapter 16. I want you to hold your place there in Matthew 28, because we're coming back to that in a minute. Matthew 16. We have the same situation, the same description. Uh, is it Matthew 16? I'm sorry. Not Matthew. Luke 16. Luke 16. Amen. That might not be the correct scripture. Maybe it's Luke 26. There is no 26. Glory to God. What am I looking for, Lord? Show it to me. All right. 24. Luke 24. I'm sorry about that. And verse 1, the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the grave, bringing spices which they prepared, certain others with them. They found the stone rolled away from the grave, and they entered in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. It came to pass, as they were much perplexed about it, two men stood by them in shining garments. Verse 5, and they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth and said to them, Why are you seeking the living among the dead? He's not here, he's risen. Remember what he spoke to you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, but the third day he'd rise again? And they remembered his words. They returned from the grave and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the, uh, the mother of James and other women that were with them, which told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they didn't believe them. Then Peter arose and ran to the grave, stooping down. He held the linen clothes that were laid by themselves and departed, wondering himself at that which had come to pass. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed and remember.
remember, we serve an awesome God. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.